Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. It's a very special treat to be joined by my new friend and most inspiring entrepreneur, Betsy Four. In just a decade as an inventor, product founder, and CEO, she's invented over 100 products and counting. Named Forbes 30 Under 30 and a BBC 100 Most Inspiring Women, she's built great brands including her pet wearable brand, Wonder Wolf, that made Oprah's favorite things list and launched for the best retail traction of a pet wearable to date. Now, she's co-CEO and co-founder of Tiny Organics, which she'll tell us about shortly. Beyond the impact she's already made, what I'm most taken by in Betsy is her groundedness and sense of self, which we'll also explore. Betsy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Molly. I'm thrilled to be here. It's really my pleasure. Now, you're an industrial designer by trade, an ultimate builder at heart. Would you please share with us what prompted you to co-found and build Tiny Organics? Yes. So I've always um, invented out of my own struggles and pain points um, in life. And with my last company for my fur baby and this company is for my son. So he's been eating our food since six months old. And when I looked at the market, I realized that everything that I grew up with as well was a sugary puree um, because what happens when you puree fruits um, is that they become so, so sugary. Um, And I thought there must be another way that we could introduce vegetables into a child's palate from the earliest days. And so Tiny Organics was born really out of a need um, to figure out what vegetables to introduce when to really change the palate of a generation to prefer savory foods and have a more diverse palate and gut health. It's phenomenal. I applaud you. Really. <laughs> Definitely my inspiration. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. So fortunate for your son and uh, for many, many use coming up in the world. Uh, we could talk for a day about all that you've done. And, you know, I would love to do that. For the purposes of the show and our listeners, I'd like to hone in on one aspect right now. Um, and that is say it skillfully is fundamentally about people being who they are and saying what needs to be said. And since the moment we met, I was very moved by your sense of self. Would you please share how you developed it? You know, as you mentioned, some of these struggles, I wouldn't be surprised that it's not all unicorns and rainbows in in your own life journey, Betsy. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that so much. I feel the same way about you, Molly. Honestly, I'm just honored to be on on the show um, with you. I... So when I started out, it was not a typical entrepreneurial journey. I'd never grown up with any entrepreneurs um, around me. I was in a village of 300 people um, in, in the middle of Illinois. Uh, they now have a few few more people in there now. But <laughs> I, um, what, when I was growing up, you know, it was very much like t- tinkering and building things with my hands. So I wound up becoming an industrial engineer and designer. Um, and that was really based off this this um, idea that was planted in me from the earliest days that I do credit my family for and saying, if you can dream it, you could build it. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I became a toy inventor um, out of university, which I never even knew that 
was a possibility um, that I actually taught me firsthand as well, because, you know, this kind of, it's not easy sort of building things from, you know, from scratch. And when I um, was doing it, it was kind of pre-digital era. Um, so I was able to get into like the um, digital printing and CNC machines um, after, but prior to that, it was building things in the lathe, mill, mold room, vac form. So really like consumer product focused earliest days. And, you know, in the invention firm I started out in, I was the youngest inventor and one of the only women, um, actually the only, yeah, female um, in, in the space. And, you know, that never, the fact that I always had sort of incredible women, but then amazing male mentors as well around me, kind of elevating me. I feel that I was given like so many opportunities in life. Like the only reason I'm here today is because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. I genuinely believe that. And it's, it, it's something where, you know, I was kind of able to almost grow up without sort of those gender stereotypes in a way and, 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 and go like against the odds to, to, sort of try to to make it um and i wound up from uh be, being an inventor in chicago for a number of years to then um building the number one kids digital brand in the uk um alongside founder of com michael acton smith um where we reach over 100 million registered users online and the number one toy brand in europe i mean it's, it's honestly a dream but started there from like the earliest day um and and that's what made me get the itch and think like maybe i could be a founder too um so when founding my last company you know i was always doing hackathons on the weekends and you know everything was born out of this kind of you know okay well now i'm doing more management things right on the day-to-day with this company in london so why don't i um actually be able to, to to build again right and 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 that's how wonder wolf was born um around this idea that my dog was overweight i tried to get him to lose the way. Um, and, and there was no Fitbit for dogs in the market at the time. Uh, so similar to, you know, so really when I build, I build from the heart and, and it is rooted in family. But I think, you know, there was just every single point I feel has been a struggle. And then that's been the greatest journey is that, you know, you grow in the challenge of it. Right. Um, and so for me, that's just, it, it's been, yeah, I guess a blessing throughout my whole life that, it, that it's almost like, nothing came easy, um, in, in that sense, but, uh, yeah, so I'm continually growing, learning. Um, this is kind of my yeah third startup, if you will. Um, and, uh, it's, um, I still feel like I'm making it up as I go. <laughs> <laughs> Betsy, you are phenomenal. You're even more phenomenal than I thought that if you can dream it, you can build it. This, the pioneering spirit and, you know, having come up when there weren't a lot of men, I was in engineering, you know, you kind of look left, you look right and a ponytail and no one else does. So, um, yeah, you know, this really, it's really great just to feel the heart that you have. And I can see that that's, that just leads you right. When you have folks in your company, men or women, um, and they, you find that they maybe don't have that they haven't given themselves permission perhaps to listen to their heart. I'm just wondering if you've seen that at all, yep. what kind of um, mentoring and coaching you've done for those folks in your, in your organizations. So to me, the greatest part about being an entrepreneur and the thing that I, I really enjoy the most is empowering the people that we bring on board um, to really own it and to, to kind of live, you know, what I hope would be their best version um, of themselves. And so everything, every decision we do, we try to um, ensure that, that they're truly feeling like, Hey, this is my startup too. And um, we're in this together and I'm owning this department or this category. And actually we all wear every hat, right? So it's sort of like all, all ships rise. We have a very flat organization, so we're only about 15. We've, we, um, 
uh, folks now. And we uh, were founded two years ago, not even two years ago. So fairly new. Um, and yeah, we're so in that sense, every person I brought on, I feel is smarter than me um, with, with what, you know, their category is um, of expertise or, um, and, and so I'm, I'm constantly learning from them. And so when you look at a mentor scenario, it does kind of feel like in all of my life, it has been two-sided, right? Um, where, you know, I, I hope I'm able to empower and, and that they're, they're, they're learning from me, but, um, but I'm really like taking it in as well. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been phenomenal. And I think the, there were so many learnings uh, from find, founding multiple companies. And one of them was that I won't be a sole founder again, like I was for the previous six, seven years prior. Um, and my co-CEO and I have, have built this together from day one. Uh, and she's the reason I was able to have a baby during this process prior to even closing our seed funding round. Um, and, and, and during the entire um, time, you know, to, I have this um, I really believe that women can't have it all uh, and that we actually have to surround ourselves with people that will elevate and be there alongside us, right. To, 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 to make the journey possible. Um, and it's brilliant when that's also other women. So currently we are um, hiring um, a couple men at the moment, but we've been almost only women the entire time. And that wasn't by design actually as the first company I can say that about, but, um, but I'm really proud because every woman is, is, is kind of such an expert and able to um, really articulate to the rest of the team, you know, that, they're founders in their own right too. So I think it's a little bit different than coming from like a corporate perspective where, you know, everybody we bring on is in my mind, more important than being from an Ivy league school is that they have that hustle heart and mentality behind this. Um, and so I can honestly say that each person on the team is passionate about what we're building. And it does believe that we could actually change um, childhood development through food. Um, and, and, you know, in, in the mission of tiny, um, which is so exciting. And it, it makes me jump out of bed in the morning that I get to work with such inspiring folks. But um, yeah, so I guess it's more of a long-winded way of saying, I feel that mentorship is is like a two-way street and that the passion and, the, and, and the, that hustle is definitely at the core. And that's the, definitely what I hire for as well. That is crazy. I am excited about this company. I want in. So I just want to call out for, for our listeners a few things that I, I'm really hearing. And that is, you know, as the, the top dog leader, this notion, the humility you have, the humility uh, to continue to learn, the humility to bring in people better than ourselves. I just want to call that yep. out because that's how we raise the bar. And so often, you know, you see folks not as self-assured and you have a high level of self-assuredness obviously, that I think helps you realize that when I bring in, you know, the brighter lights, it just raises the, um, the bar for everyone. I love that. I want to call yes. up the founders in their own right. So everyone feeling that empowerment and ownership. And I love hustle heart. That's a new phrase. I'm going to take that one on. <laughs> So, uh, so this is, I'm so smiley, if you can imagine about this. So I'd like to turn the tables a little bit because, you know, oftentimes, and I so appreciate your sharing openly, you know, yes, I make mistakes. I have struggles. It's not easy. I think a lot of leaders don't necessarily have the self-assuredness to realize that that is okay. And that actually makes them very mm -hmm. real. Um, so this whole mm -hmm. say it skillfully, you know, I always invite uh, my guests to share, you know, what kind of sensitive situation or what, you know, topic are you experiencing that I might give you a hand with? Yeah, so I didn't have to think about this for too long. Um, 
actually when, when we were chatting just before, uh, because just last night, um, it was kind of, it all came to a head for us at, at the company around um, the technology component of what we're building. Um, I, I was only in tech companies, you know, kind of prior with my last startups and um, having built and managed those teams. I know that this, this idea of deep work, right? So what we implemented from day one at tiny is Wednesdays are um, meeting free and a deep work day and a work from anywhere day, because it is so crucial to yes, not only the tech team, but everyone. Um, and especially the tech team, right. That they're able to really be able to, um, like focus without that kind of distraction and get into a flow. Um, the, there's some like senior management that we work with currently that it's, it's, there, it's sorry, it's kind of a little difficult to say, but but basically we come from different backgrounds, and so um, they wouldn't have as much experience, you know, with with the the technology component, or it's a different kind of experience, right? In terms of leading developers and and those types of teams, um, we've recently brought on a, a CTO um, more on an advisory uh, level uh, currently, but and we do think you know it's all about bringing yeah the right folks around the table to kind of chime in and be able to elevate and and, and help here, but we. Basically, we came into a conundrum sort of last night around, okay, this is the timeline. It's proper startup style, right? This is the timeline that needs to be met. And then kind of, you know, working backwards from that, yes, but almost like, no, this is a timeline, now make it happen. Now, working with tech teams previously, I know that's just not how we can work or scale. Um, we need to figure out how, you know, can we push out that deadline so it actually gives proper time for testing and all of these um, things that, that come in, in, into effect. So I would just really kind of love your advice on, you know, especially in a startup world where we are um, sort of gunning for that next, um, you know, key, key metric, but also um, trying to take into account that there's operations, marketing, product, and all these other departments um, that aren't on that same kind of wavelength or thinking around um, necessarily the, the, the timelines or deep work that you would within a technology um, company and department. So just throwing that out there because it is kind of an issue that we're raising currently within what we're building and, and we want to empower everyone in their own, in their own way, right. To be, to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so hearing, to put that out yeah, there. <laughs> I'm hearing two different versions of like what success is in the terms of this timeline and I'm hearing a bit of the what I what I call like when there's a will that there's a way we can make it happen. You need to make it yes, happen. Exactly. And, and I hear a reality check from you that's can't turn, you know, uh, mud into chocolate sort of experience. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. So uh, yep, I, I exactly say, yeah. Yeah. I hear I hear passion in you. So I could imagine that as senior folks it's a pretty passionate dialogue. Am I right? Where people are, are fairly... Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is great. I appreciate you bringing it up first and very normal. Um, and I think as you mentioned, remember all these struggles, they're happening for a reason and they'll make you stronger. Mm. And I know that doesn't necessarily help in the moment because you're like, why are we not getting along? Why? And just, but just know right. that at the broader meta level, it's happening for a reason and you'll be better for it. So that just gives you, I think, a way to keep the faith. Now, the yep. emotional yep. part great. is really hard for everybody. And so if you can just call it out and it is an asset. Wow. I so appreciate how passionate we all are on this. Mm -hmm. 
we want to do the best for the whole here, the whole system, you know, the tiny organics. And yeah, for us to be our best, I'd like to offer, let's try to not make it personal. Let's exhale any frustration. Let's inhale compassion and try to just get folks in a state where the emotions aren't getting the best of us. Very few of us mm-hmm. do our best work when we're triggered or over-emotional. And I just say that in, in case that really is going on, they said, look, at, let's, can we, what can we do here? We, we have great respect for each other. Let's show that respect by trying to keep it as much about the work. So that would be a step one. Yep. And for any of us as individuals, Betsy, if it's hard for you, do what you need to do so that you can be your best self for that, because if you're edgy, and then everybody, the edgy just kind of escalates, and it's just never, it's never a good right. Outcome. So that's first and foremost, and it seems basic because you're not even talking about the, the the work yet, but it is about the state. So that sets up the stage. Mm-hmm. So what I like to see, what I'm seeing, right? You could say what I'm seeing is we really have just two very different views of this reality, and unless we have a shared and accurate shared reality, there's no way that we're going to, you know, make the best decisions as a team, move very quickly and get to great outcomes. And we all want to do the best for tiny organics. So just start to align on the things you do have in common. And then, you know, there's a number of ways you, you, you could start to say, let's, you know, these people may have a domain expertise. And she might say, you know, I could imagine in the area of X, you know, you've done X, Y, Z, and if I were to propose something that you would think is crazy, right, you'd be like, wow, it's crazy. You know, it doesn't work. And so if you can create something that is in their world, so then you can come back and say in this tech space, right, um, mm-hmm. this is a parallel situation. A really effective thing can be asking questions. So let me just ask, and I know we all bring different skills and experiences here. So let me ask. And have you done X? Have you seen what happens when Y? And you just start to ask without judging, not like a, do you know what happens when that happens? <laughs> you have to keep it neutral. You start to help people <laughs> right. see, right? This is the downside. Like yep. the wheels come off the car. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's yep. a questioning thing. So again, if you can tell them, don't say, well, how, how, how much have you worked with teams like this? Um, if if you are an engineer, how how comfortable are you understanding what an engineer thinks about how they do their work, and help them to appreciate? You know what? Gosh, I really don't know what it's like in those people's shoes, right? So the minute you can get people appreciating what it's like to be in someone else's shoes that they don't quite exactly one hundred percent get it, then and say, so are we open to the fact that you know I, I understand you feel like you can make it, but are we open to the fact that? maybe we couldn't, right? And that if we actually tried to push too hard, we would not get to an outcome. And and the, the are you open is a great phrase because it's hard for people to say, I'm not open, you know, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. really good. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'll stop for now. Mm-hmm. Does that give you something to start with, Betsy? Oh my goodness, it does. Yeah. I want to implement this ASAP. <laughs> I think that kind of open dialogue, I mean, I think you absolutely nailed it where it's like, what really needs to happen here is how can we approach it from an empathetic place, right? Where we're looking at um, this other person's perspective um, and tr- genuinely trying to get in that, that those shoes. Um, I, I find that that can absolutely change um, the conversation. Yeah. It's really helpful. Yeah. Some people get into this win-lose and just call it out saying, I, I want to just... I know we all, you know, we're successful. We have egos. Egos have served us. There's nothing wrong with ego. If you can call it out, 
right? It's like, can we exhale a little ego? Mm-hmm. We're now serving, we're talking about tiny organics being the best it can absolutely possibly be. And that includes bringing all of our employees along with us on the journey, right? And so, you know, it's I use this um, metaphor, like the the battle versus the war, right? You may win the battle, but you lose the war. Or, you know, mm. some folks think that like, you can get results, but we're okay with a few dead bodies on the side. And like, is that how we want to be? Um, and so I think you, you start to help people appreciate how, wow, I'm really latched onto this. Because what I'm hearing is like, people are like, this is how it's got to be. And you're like, you know, we, we need to be able to let go. And I think for leaders in particular, mm-hmm. that can feel very scary because that's what they know. They know that if I march the team to this deadline, that's going to work. And you're offering, you know, mm-hmm. success could look a little different. Yep, absolutely. And ultimately that's when everyone wins, right? Is like if we could get aligned around how could I support you in, in, in this um, or really try to understand more of, of, of what it's going to take. That's right. um, yeah, it's it's it, it, in the startup world. I think it's a little a little bit different because you're kind of always pressed up against that like um, you know milestone, right? <laughs> it's like okay, we have to hit this, um, and and there is that sort of um, driver in, in in it. But um, yeah, exactly, exactly to your point though. It's like we can't um, if we're. It's almost like everything could come could come down. Like we wouldn't accomplish anything actually if if we're not um, kind of giving the support and the the time that's needed. Yeah, I call um, that managing the downside. Yeah. You know, it's like this, the managing the downside, people go for the up, but we got to be able to manage the downside. And the downside of this could be, you know, whether you use the word catastrophic isn't the point, but helping people really appreciate that and that as your role, yep. your responsibility of the team is we've got to be able to manage the downside, mitigate that. And you know, that's what they'd want to do. And I think owning the fact that, you know, I appreciate I haven't done as much to help you understand and to educate what is going on on this side. And I want mm. to be able to do that. So the learning component, Betsy, can also be a way to keep it very neutral. Yes, definitely. Okay. So that's great. I could talk to you forever. So what I'm going to do in wrapping here <laughs> is how about if you share, uh, do you have a top takeaway from our little chat here before we wrap? Yep, absolutely. So the word that comes to mind is open, right? So exactly to your point, like with this, um, if I can, if we can start the dialogue with that, you know, are you open to like, if we, if we approach this with an openness of an open heart and open mind around, around what is possible, right? If we can do it together, I think that you can just change the dialogue. Um, and that's super helpful. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you. You are absolutely terrific. Let me know how it goes. I am here. So reach back if yep. I can be of more help. I Will really do. appreciate your time. You're and so I thank you for being part of the solution. Thank you, Molly. Really appreciate it. You, you take care. care. Ciao. Thank you. Okay. So we'll remind callers that you can call in with your own question. And that number is 866 472 5790. Again, 866-472-5790. And now I am thrilled to welcome Sophia, who's in New York City. Sophia, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Molly. So let's see here. I am I'm pretty jazzed here. What question, tough topic is on your mind today? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So I have um, a specific situation which I would love to get um, your take on on how to approach it. So um, maybe for a quick background, um, I work at a financial services uh, company and I've worked here for almost four years now, straight out of college, so still relatively young in my career. Um, so recently, a coworker from a different group, um, we'll just call him Bob, um, recently approached me about um, a member on my team, let's call him David, um, and his behavior, um, and had kind of recommended that I speak to him about it. He did say um, that he did want to give me this feedback since um, Bob and I have a good relationship, um, and he hasn't built up that relationship as much with David or with our manager. Um, so I, I would love to hear your opinion on how I could approach this either with David or if I should bring this to my manager. So this is, uh, so just so I understand, uh, Bob yeah. and you are peers? No. No. Bob, so Bob um, is a senior, more, uh, more senior than I am. Bob's more senior. And is there, when you say to your manager, there's a person between you and Bob? And I just want to understand. No. So Bob works in a different area, but we work with him. Okay. David and I are coworkers, and we report up to the same manager. Oh, okay. So you're in person. Great. So he, David's on your team as a peer. Correct. Super. I appreciate that. I want to clarify. And this yep. is a classic. I, I think this happens all day long. So I, I really love this one uh, for all our listeners. I'm sure they have a, a similar situation. So this, it's always a gift when people offer feedback, whether it's to you or about other people. And to me, that shows caring. So it's great to acknowledge Bob for, mm-hmm. um, for that. Well, Bob, thanks so much. I appreciate that you're you know, obviously comfortable sharing that with me. Acknowledge that. Um, and then you might say, I'm envisioning if I were in David's shoes that he'd be really grateful and feel very respected if he actually had that input from you directly, right? So I'm wondering, so I'm, so you can even say, so you can, but you can even say before that, Bob, thanks for coming to me. I'm wondering, have you thought about talking to David directly? So it's a question. So like this notion of compose yourself. You're like, wow, this is great. And I'm like, oh, I'm really comfortable. So exhale any discomfort you have like, oh, curiosity. <laughs> wow, Bob, that's so great. I'm wondering, have you thought about asking or talking to David at all directly? And, and that's really fair question, especially for a senior person. So it would be like, yeah, you know, and it just may be that they're not appreciating the levels. And I, I just want to say that, you know, again, it's not like they necessarily are staying away from it. You might just think they, maybe they didn't have time or, or whatever. So, and then mm-hmm. if he says, well, no, you do it. <laughs> You're like, okay, so you want me to do the dirty work. You say, look, I'm, I'd be happy to do that because this is a senior person. So sure, they can, they want to demand you do mm-hmm. that. That's there. So it's not any way you're not feeling that you are not, um, it's not insubordination. So when you feel, feel protected from that. So you, so you might say, you know, I can imagine, what do you think if, is there anything that holds you back from, talking to David directly. And again, you're very compassionate at this point because maybe there is something. So mm-hmm. Let me just pause for a moment there. Does that give you a little bit of an on-ramp? Does that make sense, Sophia? Yes, it does. Okay, so now, so if you get that going in there and let's just say he's looking perturbed 
And so I don't want you to feel like, say, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I, it looks like you're perhaps not, you know, unhappy. Call out whatever emotion that, that Bob is coming to you mm-hmm. with. Okay. And just work with that. And if you don't want to push it, which is totally fair, let's just say Bob's like, you go talk to David. Okay, great. <laughs> you, 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 so again, I'm not, don't dig yourself in either. You've done your best. You put forth what you would have wanted David, frankly, to do for you, right? If this, right. If this guy had come to David, you'd be like, dude, talk to Bob, talk to her. <laughs> so you try what you could do. So why don't we go to part two, which is to say, if you had to go to David, right? Yeah. You might just say, hey, David, love you, love working with you, you know, just acknowledge that relationship. Our relationship really means a lot to me. It's a little uncomfortable for me, and I want you to know I tried, and this is the situation. Okay. So you lay it out on the line. Bob came to me, and 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 then work it through, you know, to, to whatever extent. And then it, it's a partnership. You know, what could I do that's that's helpful now so that for sure David feels like you're in his camp. It's not like, oh, Sophia and Bob versus David. See what I'm saying? Right. I don't want to be here. What can I do? I'll loop back. And maybe there's a way you can offer for the three of you, you know, whatever that, you know, some way so that there's no um, edginess that builds up between your peer, David, and you. Yep. Okay. So how's all this landing for you? Do you think this is something you can do? I mean, I I really like the, the two approaches and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, would you ever, I mean, I, kind of, when I was talking to Bob, he kind of said he didn't really need, feel a need to go to our manager about it, um, but is there a point where you think it would be appropriate? Um, I think if he said, you know, I think in the spirit of continuous improvement, it's something I would take it as Bob noticed something and wants to help David. I mean, I right. think I would have the positive intention of that. Is it, if it's as an FYI, let's just say that's an opportunity that we all have things we're working on, right? This is normal. So maybe this mm-hmm. is something that works on. So in which case, I would, again, work through David. David, this is great. It's a great learning opportunity. It's just something that um, will help you get to the next level. And just curious if you've mentioned it to our manager. Yeah. So same page. And I think the... Really, the energy here is we all want to help each other be successful, whether that's from more senior people coming down or vice versa, reverse mentoring as well. And so I think that's based on need and helping unpack for folks, you know, if it, if it makes sense. Because let's say, say someone, let's just use basic example, someone doesn't present very well. Okay, so maybe they really mm-hmm. do need patient courses and that's going to require someone like the manager to realize that and to authorize I mean, I'm just making this up, right? That, that, that needs to be funded. So that's certainly, you know, from a transparency standpoint, I think of these things as transparency is our friend to the extent that everybody just knows then we don't have any sidewaysness. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And um, I am curious, do you feel that this notion of mutual improvement is something that that's in your environment? To a degree, I think um, our team is, is constantly kind of we're a younger team, so we're always or newer team, so we're trying to improve what we do. I don't know if that um, practice, you know, if that practice 
delves over into individual performance. Um, but I think that's something that we as a team can probably work towards. That's great insight. That makes sense. sense. And it's great insight. And I just offer for you, and again, all listeners, these are attributes. You've got an attribute of the workplace that you think would help would help everybody. Obviously, if all the individual performance goes up and we work better together, that's a great thing. So for you, right, these kinds of things, to the extent that you're able to show your comfort, and you can always use your yourself as an example. You know, you're working on X. Gosh, I'm working on X. I came, you know, I appreciate everyone's support. Here's what I would appreciate from folks that would help me. And I want to make sure that I'm helping others. I had a, a former colleague once just say, gosh, the one thing I wish that would happen in our company, if people just offered to help other people before they were like, this is what I need from you. So, I, you know, I, I'm serious on this. If you just said, you know, you're in meetings, you know, I, this is great. I just want to put it out there. Is there anything I can be doing to help other people, whether it's a specific right. task or whether it's helping you improve? That's leading. That's leading, Sophia. So at your stage, just great. You've come up, you've been there. There's new people coming in. Right. So I just want to offer that be aware of all the opportunities you have to influence, to lead others and really to to help, you know, shape the kind of environment you'd love to have. Definitely. It's awesome. Any other questions you have, Sophia? No, that that was top of mind. Thank you so much, Molly. I appreciate you. Now from our little chat, do you have a top takeaway? Top takeaway, um, I would say the two things kind of popped out to me, kind of always acknowledging the feedback and thank them for sharing and keeping that a positive environment uh, to the conversation. Um, And then I really liked what you said, um, exhale any discomfort. So in either conversation, maybe just take a breath to um, let that discomfort go. Good for you. That's awesome awareness. I love it. Let me know how it goes. If I can be more help, you reach out. And I thank you for calling in and being part of the solution. Thank you so much, Molly. Take care. Bye. Next up is very close to where I grew up from in upstate. uh, And it's from Corning, New York. I welcome Jim. Jim, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Molly. When was the last time you were in Corning? It has been a long while, and, you know, uh, we used to make these trips to the glassworks, and it was just this treasured opportunity because we could pick one glass animal. And it was, <laughs> we come home, and then we would not break it because they were very fragile, blown glass. We'd stick it on the shelf, and it's, they're still <laughs> on my parents' shelves in their house. In <laughs> well, uh, please accept my invitation to come back. It's, co- it's completely changed, so <laughs> you would en- enjoy I will, I will take you on that because it's actually, and then the dishes. I have corning dishes too. Yes, there's a lot of those. I have a few myself. Um, my question is, um, I'm a team leader uh, from the uh, baby boomer uh, generation, uh, leading a team of multi-generational uh, workers, team, teammates, um, anywhere, uh, XYZ, millennial, and they all seem to have a different language, and I struggle because in my generation, when I was on a team, uh, you know, coming from that, that old school, the team leader would say something like, uh, we need to get off our butts and start meeting our deadline, and we would do that. And when I say that, 
it doesn't work. Um, you know, I get suggestions like maybe I should go to anger management class. So um, perhaps you could give me some words um, that I could use tactfully that would convey the same message only with um, eliminating the negative response. <laughs> I love this one. Thanks for bringing it up. I, <laughs> I, thought, you know, you'd I, get, I thought you'd get a kick out of it. I love it. I love it. You know, it's once I had someone who was just hilarious. He goes, you know, all this participatory management. He's like, it's all crap. We just want to tell people what to do. And we want them to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, you know, my boss would call me in the office and say, look, if you keep going the way you're going, you're going to get in trouble on that project. I suggest you get off your butt and get back on timeline. And that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so easy. It doesn't so easy. work with okay. this generation. That's right. That was then, and we are dealing with now. We are dealing with now. So I would take a bigger step back with a team, um, and we can get back to a kind of micro-insertion for a particular um, ask. I think that when we've got these diverse groups, and we love diversity because at the end of the day, right, being able to bubble up the differences, work through them is going to get us our best ideas. We don't innovate without differences, right? So we really do embrace them. It does require a higher level of skillfulness. Let's just be very clear. If you, can, if you have a diverse group, it's not just the diversity that magically works. You've got to be able to manage, lead, and that's everyone's responsibility to be able to hear each other. So I think that when you're a team lead, the ability to help the team co-create the ground rules so that then, therefore, the team holds themselves accountable is a really key opportunity, right? It's not about one guy or gal like with a whip saying, okay, we're going to do this because it just doesn't fly. And it doesn't create an environment for people to do their best work, which is what we want, right? So I think transparency, you've got to say, you know, we've got so such diversity here. And you can celebrate that by actually working around the, the, the team a little bit. Um, and somehow bringing that out, whether that's in how they think, how they work, their background, say something about you that maybe none of us know. It's a way to really help people contribute um, and to learn about each other. That's a really big thing. I find teams often skip the part of like, who are you? You're, you're the project manager. No, no, really, who are you as a human being? So I'd offer that to say that as a team lead, your responsibility is one for this group to produce its very best. And for it to to produce its very best, we have to figure out how we're gonna work together and that's up to all of us. And to then think about what does that look like? And so I've talked about this before, you can do an activity that is around two questions. One is like, what environment's gonna help us to flourish? You can literally use sticky notes, um, whiteboard, but invite like, what does that look like for us? Um, one thing might be meeting deadlines, right? So everyone contributes to that team lead, team member. Um, and then you flesh through that and maybe you get to five things that, and then you understand what those really are. And then by other side of that is what do we want to do when times are tough and the things that come up there when we miss deadlines, how do we want to handle it? And this is just important for people to get a shared understanding of what success, what, what environment's going to help us be successful and what are we going to do when the fan stops spinning because it is going to stop spinning. So that's ideal because you kind of worked through that. And if deadlines are a big thing, then deadlines are going to really be a problem. People have to have consequences for that, and we build that in. So consequences for the deadlines could be maybe it affects your performance review or you're off the job or whatever it is. So let me just pause that. Does that sort of thing land for you at all? Is that possible in your environment? 
Sure. And as I was listening to your words, I could see how I made the mistake of doing a I just did a poor job of setting the ground rules up from this group. Uh, I assumed that, I just assumed they knew certain things. Um, probably should have had everybody agree to how the team was going to function and how we were going to deal with um, missed um, deadlines. That's really, really something I should have done a little better. So great awareness. And you walk in the next meeting, you know, team, I realize, my bad, I did not put this out into the universe for us to deal with, and I'd love to do it now. So you own it, right? So it's, there's, but you're not groveling. Sure. Right? And, and then all of a sudden. Sure, I'm so, the team leader. It's uh, ultimately, it's my responsibility. Absolutely. And a way to land that for people, because people want to get along and they don't want to make their teammates' lives miserable hopefully, right? And so if, if, if so one thing, a drill can be, if this doesn't happen in this part of the team, you know, what do you think it feels like for these people? Right? So, and when I say feels, I really do mean, what does it feel like? Because then people start to realize, oh my God, I've let them down. And so you start to help create transparency for the interconnectedness and the interdependency of folks on the team. Conceptually, they might see that you know, X, Y, Z process. But when you ask people what it feels like, then it becomes personal. And that's when I think the effect, it's effective to be more personal because like, oh my God, do you want to let your teammate down? Do you want to make them stay late at night? Sure. Do you want them to miss their deadline? So that's where I, the one time that I think that uh, personal part really works. Sure, and I, I can see where this would really be helpful in really bringing the team together and having that, that um where everybody just gels together and everybody's on the same page and there's lots of enthusiasm. Yeah, that's right. And so you've probably heard this before, but I'll say it for our, our, our listeners. You know, when you think about high-performing team, like what's that look like? So you've started to articulate that. And so when you check in in a meeting, you know, given that we, we decided these things are important for us, um, how do we think we're doing? What are we doing well? So it gives people a chance. You can even use a scale of one to 10. Let's pick this item. How do we think we're doing? Oh, we're a 10. Oh, no, I think we're a five. And so you start to level set. So everyone's starting to be aware of how are we performing as a team? Because they're thinking about what I'm doing. They may not be as mindful of what the team is doing. So that's a way to, um, to create a stewardship for the whole. So it's not just the team leads job. So that ability to amp up, let's, you know, how are we doing on that? And then where do we need to amp something up? And that might be a specific, you know, we're, we're okay on deadlines. We're not great. So that gives you a, sh- a chance to hone everybody's energy into something. And the next meeting we address it. Um, and that scale of one to 10 is a good way to do it. And um, I also think inviting folks, you know, you may be the lead, but maybe you have someone step in and, and lead meetings from time to time, throw that responsibility around. There's also a way to kind of engender um, togetherness. I like the one to 10. It also helps uh, spread accountability around. So. Right. And when, yeah. And when people don't respond the way you think, by the way, cause it, that might be shocking. Oh, I think it's a nine. So it might be, wow, I'm, I'm really surprised. It's actually surprised. Say more. Say more is one of my all time favorite greats for folks listening. Say more in a very neutral, right? Not, not a say more in a neutral way and help, See what's going on for folks. You know, why is that? You say, why do you say that? Great. Let me, sh- let me share something different. My experience is X. 
it's always fair to share your experience. And I think as you model this, then you help people start to, oh, I see what he's doing here, right? So then they can take that on. So uh, any other thoughts? Um, and if not, I'd love to hear kind of the top takeaway you have, Jim. No, that's, that's excellent. You've given me uh, lots of things to practice and, and perfect them so that they sound pretty smooth. It doesn't have to be super smooth. The intention is what really counts. Um, and is there a particular thing you're taking away? Uh, the particular thing I'm taking away is to make sure that the ground rules are understood. And, you know, they, you might have to review them a couple of times each time we meet um, and so that, you know, everybody uh, is cognizant of how the team's going to function because not everybody's there at the same time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, great. That's a great learning for everyone listening. The lots of times leaders think, "Well, I said it. This is, you know, this is like months and months and months and months." And then you're like, "Oh, sure. serious." <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, thanks so much for uh, for joining me. I appreciate it. Hopefully, I'll see you in upstate. Oh, you're um, welcome, and thanks for the excellent advice. Yeah, thanks for being part of Solution, Jim. You take good care. You too. Okay, I have a few questions from folks on LinkedIn that I would love to cover. This one is from my dear friend, Cecile, in Paris. Shout out to you, Cecile. And in the times that we're in, it's, uh, there's a lot going on for people all around the planet. And how to reassure your team when the news is scary. And this is something I think a lot of folks are going through particularly near and dear to me in this last week or so, have been working with some organizations that are really um, having to make tough choices, look at data that's changing all the time, and nobody knows the answer. The, um, the opportunity to be real um, for leaders in particular is, uh, is really important. At the same time, at the same time, the notion of calm and the notion of we will get through this together is paramount. We are going to get through things together. And um, it, we don't necessarily know how it will go. And I think the ability to acknowledge and put out in the, in the universe, people may be scared, acknowledge the different um, um, emotions that are going on. So that's out in public. And then give people a chance to actually talk those through. Um, what's that like for them? and asking for what they need. Again, can't change situation. Situation is going to be what it is. How people feel, how the extent to which people feel that uh, leaders are listening and that they're going to do their best to help everyone get through it, that sense of confidence of watching one's back, super, super important. So part of that is the over-communication and to help people realize that, you know, we're all in this together. We're going to let you know as soon as we know we're, we're making a call right now. It may change in a couple hours and setting expectations for being fluid and that if they don't know, they can always ask. And if we're not saying things, it's not, it's not because we're trying to hold information back. So that notion of reinforcing trust, reinforcing that we're going to get through this, we're going to bring everyone through together to the, to the possibility that we can um, and that, they're, that they can, you know, share what they need and, and to be transparent. I hope, Cecile, that helps 
Um, and you can certainly let me know. We can have a chat about that if you'd like to follow on. And the second question is one that's a little bit more uh, detailed. So um, this person found himself running interference between two very competent, two very well-meaning colleagues. And um, you could imagine yourself doing this, talking to each one individually back and forth, right? It's very time consuming. And then really the epiphany was, this is not really improving anything. So you as the person see, it's not rocket science. The people are misunderstanding each other and they want to blame each other for this bad relationship that they have. So you're in this particular instance, you are very trusted. You're close to both of them. So you have a privileged position to convene them uh, and to deal with this once and for all. So just to make up these names, this is Frank and Sally. You might say to them, I'm going to be really upfront here, folks. What I see, we are all part of the problem, myself included, because I've been trying to work this one-on-one -on -one for way too long. This is a mutual accountability. So I want you folks to know I'm 100% confident that you two will be able to see each other's point of view and better appreciate the great value you have. And looking at both of the are, you guys game? And maybe they're doubting, you know, you're just like, there's no doubt in my mind, we will work through this. So you have to be total confident. You set the ground rules. Are you committed to hearing each other out, not making this personal? I'm gonna moderate a bit. I'm gonna try to be neutral. I'm gonna try to be Switzerland. If I'm not, just call me out. I'm not quite perfect. And then you're going to go back and forth with the folks. So to get us started, I'm going to share what you've each told me and correct me if, if you need to. And I'm going to remind each of you, I'm sharing the other person's perceptions. It's not necessarily a fact. I am going to attempt to be helpful by translating a bit. Again, I may not have it right, so chime in if I don't. This setup part is really important. You're doing your best. You're not saying what you're saying is perfect. They have every opportunity to participate, right? Okay, let's start with Sally. What I've heard from you is that your experience is Frank isn't being a great partner and sometimes he's difficult and you don't think he's even trying. Now, Sally, well, I appreciate your experience. I'm going to offer that Frank approaches things much more conservatively. He's very careful he doesn't overpromise. He wants to keep expectations in line. That's actually a very good thing. So now you, Frank, is this the case? Perhaps share, you know, how misexpectations in the past have hurt the group so that Sally can appreciate it. So you're giving Frank a chance to share his perspective and why he's doing what he's doing. So now, now I appreciate you want. Uh, to feel that Frank is actually focused on helping you, which I know he really is, Sally. So, Sally, help us. What specifically can Frank do to give you confidence that he's working on it? So, you have Sally has a chance. And it may be something like, well, I just need him to respond to my, my, my messages sooner. Okay, great. Okay, so I'm hearing if you get more timely reply to your request, that's the answer. That's it? Great. Okay, Frank, what do you think? Can you do this? So, now you go back. Now, great. Let me ask you, Frank, to put yourself in Sally's shoes, what's it like for her? So you're creating empathetic understanding between the two. Let's go to Frank now. Frank, I understand you're frustrated. Sally doesn't know what your role is. How about you describe the main jobs that you do um, and all the different stakeholders you help? And then Sally, I'm going to ask you to ask any clarifying questions so you guys are in sync. So you're just running a little interference, 
back and forth, can do, neutral. You're going to wrap, you know, each time asking them to share what they learned um, and then what they appreciate about the other person. I know this may feel like you're dealing with your children. Sometimes this is what it takes, but you're creating a positivity and a sense of um, interdependency. Okay, so I hope that that helps and um, I'll take any questions on that. I uh, am inspired by uh, my special guest at the beginning, Betsy Four. So my thought for the week builds on what she shared. If you can dream it, you can build it. Empower others with hustle heart to make those dreams come true. And I thank you for tuning in. That is a wrap for today's show. Please reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 